0: this episode of athletic training chat we have erica and trevor volker who own and operate mvmt performance and rehabilitation Uh, this is a really unique episode that greg did in the fact that these are a couple of athletic trainers that own their own business and work in private practices which is unique amongst itself But they're also husband and wife so that throws a whole nother added dimension in this and so really greg gets into the nitty-gritty of with them about what it's like to work with your significant other and also just running your business and looking at cash-based options and different things that can be implemented with ats especially if you're looking to potentially go that route it's becoming more Popular, uh, but we still have a long way to go in terms of it's just something new as athletic trainers are trying to figure it out. Great episode, um, super interesting. Really think everybody's going to enjoy it. All that being said, uh, please check out Mueller Sports Medicine as they power this podcast and help us keep it going. A couple other things happening as we put this out on uh, the week of. November 30th, uh, the Advantage podcast is doing huge things, giving $100 um, for the next 25 days to athletic trainers in need. Please um, go check that out if you can, if you can help support or you can nominate someone that you think could really use that hundred bucks right now uh to help with whatever that may be to help just get them through um, alicia Pennington is doing amazing work with that uh it's super awesome to see and we're happy to do whatever we can to help promote that and ultimately contribute to it as well so without further ado please enjoy this episode and we'll talk to everybody later
1: Hello, guys. Uh, welcome to another episode of Athletic Training Chat. Um, today we have some great guests for you. Uh, we're in the Green Bay area for this one um, with movement, performance, and rehabilitation. So it's a private practice that is run by a husband and wife duo. So today we have uh, Trevor and Erica Folker. And uh, without further ado, I'll kind of turn it over to them to kind of introduce themselves, maybe talk about their credentials and education here.
2: I'll go first. All right. Well, I'm Trevor. um, And I've been practicing as an athletic trainer professionally now for uh, nine and a half years. Um, Coming up on 10 in May, I believe. Um, Did my undergrad at UW Oshkosh. And from there, I worked in the high school setting for roughly 10 months. Um, At the time, it wasn't for me, let's say. And uh, decided to go back um, to get my master's degree, um, which I did at Concordia University, Wisconsin, um, where I also started as a GA uh, for about six months, and then a full-time position opened up. And I, was, I applied, and I was lucky enough to do that. Um, so I, I um, got my master's degree in applied exercise science, and I worked at Concordia until... 2017 oh. um yeah so from there i mean i needed a change i was a little burnt out erica was in the green bay area and um decided to move on up here uh, and i it was in the industrial setting until this past march um, of 2020 and have a couple prn roles just to help out a little bit here and there but that's kind
1: of my background
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Erica. I originally um, started off as an athletic trainer and I got uh, my degree through Concordia University of Wisconsin. Um, But I quickly realized that I enjoyed the uh, evaluation and rehab process a little bit more than the on-field coverage. Um, So that's when I went on to get my doctorate of physical therapy from South College, which is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, And I've been practicing for a little over two years now as a PT um, and we opened our practice, our private practice, uh, over a year ago now.
1: Yeah, just over a year. Well, that's yeah, exciting stuff, especially with a you know a spouse partnership here. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I unique,
2: guess, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and we'll kind of dive into that too. So, uh, yeah. I guess to to start us off here, what what's kind of the primary focus or goal of your uh, private practice with the Movement Performance and Rehab Clinic?
2: Yeah, so. Um, I think it started, I mean, the whole basis is what it started Is Erica's main goal. I would say one of her big goals was to one day open up her own practice. Um, and as an athletic trainer at the time, it was, it's new. It's still not very talked about in the athletic training setting. Um, so I wasn't even, let's I wasn't even really aware that it was an option or an avenue that I could, um, go down. And so it kind of just happened. Um, She brought it up and at that same week I had somebody ask me if I would see their wife um, for some shoulder injury and he would pay cash. And so I was like, well, everything's kind of lining up. Um, Why don't we just jump in and go for it? Um, So we kind of started that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I quickly realized working through um, PT clinicals and the outpatient setting, that's what I enjoy as orthopedic and and sports medicine. And I realized there wasn't enough uh, care that was being given to the more athletic individual. And, um, you know, insurance is so very limiting, you know, you can build certain codes and, you know, some things are paid for by insurance and some aren't. And there's so many, hitting things that patients don't even understand about their insurance. And um, I knew that you know, with some people, it takes them 10 visits and they're starting to feel a lot better, but they're not quite back to the goals that they wanted to be at. So I knew that there was a a break in care there. And so that's why when we talked and put our brains together, that opening a cash-based clinic was gonna um, be a better, not only for us and our flexibility, but also for the idea of the patient too.
2: Yeah. And I mean, just to piggyback off that, in the industrial setting, OSHA is the huge player. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're working with workers' comp cases, the verbiage you use and um, just kind of your general language has to change so it doesn't turn into a recordable. Um, And things that you're able to do and not able to do is kind of impacted by that. So it, it all boils down to feeling like, we were doing a disservice to our patients and we weren't being able to treat them um, in the most effective way or the way that they necessarily deserved um, to be taken care of. And that's kind of the basis.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point. I've, that's something we've definitely you know heard before on here and, you know, just talking to athletic trainers in general, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that that's how things play out uh, in yeah. certain settings. So um, it's great <laughs> to hear that you guys are, you know, Doing well so far with that, and kind of getting that freedom to to pursue those avenues. So, uh, I guess we'll dive into uh, maybe some of the challenges that you guys faced right away. I know you guys are cash based; um, had to kind of build this client base right away. So, what uh, what have some of those challenges kind of looked like for you guys?
3: Um, well, starting off, uh, initially it was. I knew from a PT standpoint that I'd be able to do this because there's other PTs out there that are doing that. Um, not only in the United States, but in Wisconsin. So I knew it was something that was doable, but also figuring out for Trevor, you know, as an athletic trainer, is that something that he could pursue on his own as well. And we had to dig through the the practice act and, you know, go through the business side of things, which we didn't really know any much about. I mean, we don't have a background in business and, and development. So, um, this whole process has been, uh, um, a learning curve, you know, learning how to market yourself, learning how to be somewhat of a salesperson because, you know, people are going to be held more accountable when they pay for better service um, versus just using their insurance as well. So, you know, getting, getting patients in front of you, but also, you know, showing them why, why we're different and how we're different, but then um, them seeing the results as well.
2: Yeah. And I mean, as I'm sure you are probably aware from the athletic training side of things, there's a ton of hoops that have to be gone through in order to um, even start this. I mean, the whole physician signature thing is, I mean, having them to sign off on our practice and our scope just to make sure that we can actually legally do things. um, That was probably right off the bat. That was the biggest factor. It's, it's how do we establish relationships with, a physician or I mean even some chiropractors and, and how can we get the ball rolling quickly but legally. I mean there's there's just so many barriers to go through to make sure you're doing things the right way and we didn't want to get up on the on the wrong foot or no. or um yeah just start things off the wrong way. So right the biggest hurdle for me personally being not a PT and being an athletic trainer was to find that position that would, um, be open to signing off on my practice
1: act in order to allow me to practice. Sure. Yeah. I know that's kind of been a big topic, uh, this last week or two with kind of the NADA talks and stuff. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I know some, some people are really doing their best to advocate for, you know, the private practice setting specifically. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that that worked out for you. Uh, I know that there's, you know, some stingy rules and whatnot, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you guys are up and running. So,
2: that's, and that's the thing is there's always a way you just have to figure out what it is. Sure. Um, there's, there's going to be challenges at every, I mean, almost everything we've done, there's been some hoop to, <laughs> to go through. So it's, if you, I don't know, if you believe in it and you think that it's going to be a benefit, you just do what you do to figure it out, mm-hmm. do what you can to figure it out and make it work.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I know you kind of just talked a little bit about, you know, finding out how to market yourself and do some of the more business side of things. So uh, I guess beyond your kind of daily treatment interventions as athletic trainers and a PT, uh, what are what are some of your kind of daily tasks, weekly tasks uh, in kind of that business side?
2: It is what can we do to learn more about it? (laughs)
3: It's It's never ending. Yeah. (laughs)
2: I mean, the amount of, we were not taught anything like that in school, AT or PT. No. I, that's, that's just not anything that you ever learn about. Um, that has by far been the hardest part of all of this, is figuring out the business side of things, the marketing, the sales, like uh, how to keep a book. I mean, we do bookkeeping. Um, we do website it's Project just
3: development and advertising and networking is huge too yeah, it's you know just, just getting your face out in front of anyone and everyone
2: that's and that's been the biggest thing it's especially i mean i'm not from this area i'm originally from milwaukee so i don't really know i don't have a big group of people that i know um so the way we've kind of tried to combat it is we listen to a lot of podcasts we uh we read a lot of books um, and then we're part of some Facebook groups here and there that, um, some PT ones, some AT ones, um, that also have is, individuals in the private practice. Yeah,
3: the biggest thing is finding other mentors too, mm-hmm. to, you know, that have done this or, or even still newer and you can learn from each other and even other small businesses. Um, I would say if we're not in front of a computer, figuring out things for, um, you know, advertising or marketing or updating a website, um, putting so much on social media, so much content out there, then we're out meeting with other people um, from other small businesses or in the healthcare profession, um, just making the connections in the the Green Bay area. Because right now, a lot of what we, um, our patients are coming in from word of mouth referrals. So,
2: yeah, awesome. something, I mean, we typically, I would say majority of the people we see are Active CrossFit gym um, type athletes, and so you're just trying to get in front of um, their gyms or into their gyms um, by either through content or we do a lot of workshops um, for local CrossFit gyms. Um, you know, just just to show face, but to um, also give them. And we do, I think they're they're an hour long and give them helpful tips and tricks on either mobility, um, warm ups, anything basically anything that they can they want to workshop on we'll figure out how to do it
1: yeah that's a, it's a great idea and you know to, to hear that you guys are using those resources and how many of those resources yeah uh, it's you know, that's incredible
2: so. it, it's just it's so much <laughs> and I think we've kind of hit the limit as to what we can do we're I think we're taking that next step we're gonna I think reach out to some look into business coaching um, because we we kind of, we spend a lot of time on things, but it's, is it the right stuff? Is it going to be effective? Is it going to be, is it going to work? Not going to work? You know, you you try so many things and take note of what has worked and what hasn't worked and just go off of that. So.
1: Well, that's very cool. Um, so, so far, what has been kind of your biggest successes or maybe kind of the most rewarding things about uh, starting this private practice?
2: Um, I'll start. Yeah. I think the biggest, the coolest thing for me has been the ability of, or just the knowledge to know that this is another relatively new avenue for athletic trainers to go down. Um, Cause like I said, I, it wasn't anything that I was really familiar with at the time. And that I even knew it was an option um, for, for me to do with my degree. Um, and I think building off of that just being able to set it up how we feel is most beneficial for our, our patients um, because there's no restrictions if you know if we have a if we're seeing somebody um, for I don't know, some some random injury or some injury but we also think that it might be some supplement that would benefit them or some nutritional info that would help them um, or just other avenues or resources we can say that without any restrictions or anybody slapping our wrists. Um, And I just think the whole outlook and the whole patient-centered atmosphere that we're trying to build is, it's awesome. And we can do it how we see works best. And I think that's the most, from my standpoint, when I sit back and look at it um, from the athletic training side, I mean, everybody gets into it because they want to help people. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the biggest goal is how can we most effectively help our patients, our athletes or whoever it is we're working with. And I think at the end of the day this gives us the best option for that. Is that the yeah, right word? Absolutely. it just it just lets us do that most effectively. And to me that's the biggest most important part. I don't know if you have anything. Yeah,
3: I mean when it comes down to it, it's just something that seemed like such a far off dream is now becoming a reality and um the reality is, is always changing. I mean, we never know what's going to happen with, you know, especially this year
1: <laughs> with going <laughs> on,
3: but, um, you know, we take what we can and, and learn and grow from it and, and keep on moving along with the business. And,
2: yeah, I mean, the, some of the testimonials we've gotten and the feedback from the patients is, uh, in the times where it's slower and where things don't always necessarily look up or it's a struggle it's always like man if we hear those good things we know we're we're doing something right and that's enough to kind of keep plunging through all those challenges that that arise it's there's something there you just gotta ride it out and there's gonna be highs there's gonna be lows you just Mm -hmm. gotta think of the, the bigger picture and and what we're able to do with these people or for these people
1: yeah that's great to hear yeah and i guess i was kind of uh you know reading your bios and and whatnot when you reached out so Um, I know under yours or your name, Trevor, it mentions a lot about uh, using kind of a functional movement assessment, primarily diving into that nutrition aspect. Um, So I I would definitely think that that would play a role in kind of these great testimonials because that's, I don't want to say an overlooked aspect of athletic training, but the fact that you get to sit down and kind of focus on that right away. um, What can you attest to that?
2: Yeah, so that... I started to learn about that stuff um, during my time at Concordia. Um, a colleague of mine was was big into it, and he let me piggyback off of him. Um, but like you said, that stuff isn't always seen in the athletic training room. People depend so much on modalities and and passive ways of treatment, and that's just not – I don't, I got to be careful, but I just don't think that's always the best way to go about things. Um, and just being able to have the time to sit down with them one-on-one, watch how they move, watch their patterns. I mean, their overall patterns, you can tell basically everything you need to know about somebody if you watch a few of certain specific patterns of movement. Um, we We've seen a ton of people that will come in who are told that they need surgery um, for a shoulder pain Mm -hmm. and it's like well let's look at your overhead squat let's look at how you move um let's see your painful position let's see if we can tweak it a little bit um and if it makes it better or not I mean and, and just knowing like are you putting your shoulder I keep going back to shoulder are you are you uh putting your shoulder in a locked and stable position while overhead or are you kind of missing some of that end range external rotation inflection or are you mm-hmm. and, and if so what why I mean you always have to ask why and that's another big um factor in, in case and what I'm able to do through all that functional stuff I mean you, it really breaks it down and, and people I don't think necessarily realize or attribute or appreciate the facts of how something in your distal extremity. So like your ankle can play a huge role in, in your hip or your low back pain. Um, And people focus so much on the area of pain that they don't take in that whole big picture. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been the biggest, biggest thing for the people we've worked with, but also the biggest um, factor in, in why we've been um, successful is, is we're able to, literally break down every single movement um, and then build on it. I I think people, we, we lay out a pretty good plan um, and they understand how we're going to go from A to B um, and why we're working on breaking down the whole movement and working on like the segments. And I think that's something unique um, that isn't, like I said, always, isn't always seen in your typical athletic training setting one because of the volume and two, I also think people become complacent a little bit and um get too tied into the textbook and and don't always venture out to see what else is out there um i I think that's a big thing as well as is the textbook teaching um gets you through gets you the the degree and to pass that boc Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't always cross over um as much once you really start um, working with people and i mean obviously it always everything has its place in time. But I think people need to um, venture out a little bit more and and get into some of that stuff.
1: Sure. And I guess, Erica, I was also reading your bio, obviously. And um, I know you kind of use that functional movement along with it kind of mentions like some manual therapy techniques. And um, to me, that obviously sounds like athletic training. But I, I know that that's kind of typically more of a physical therapy approach, but would you say your guys' um, kind of day-to-day is similar in the clinic or do you kind of um, focus yeah, on more of a hands-on approach versus a you know movement? Yeah, specific?
3: I would say if you had to give a, a little bit of a difference between our techniques, I think Trevor is a little bit more um, therapeutic exercise and I'm a little bit more manual therapy only because I've, I've done so much continuing education in that realm as well. Um stridealing and cupping and, and joint mobilizations and manipulations and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, all th- if I took anything away from PT school or just being a PT in general, and even in the research, it's manual therapy and exercise. Manual therapy and exercise, you've got to mobilize the tissues that, or joints that need to be mobilized and you stabilize the areas that need to be stabilized. And, you know, you build movements off of that, right? So take a look at the person as a whole comprehensively and then you know, get them on the table and figure out what's moving, what's not moving, fix those key things, and then reinforce it with a certain movement pattern, but then also have someone or that patient follow up with what they need to be doing at home. Cause, you know, I could work for somebody for an hour and that's great and they're moving pain-free, but does that mean it's going to, you know, stick, you know, there's still a little bit of accountability on their part too, where they have to stick with uh, some of the programming as well.
2: Yeah, And that's, that's something there's so much overlap between mm-hmm. yeah. the two professions and that's why things can work so well if everybody worked together. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if everybody in the I medical mean, I field. I learn
3: from you all the time. Right.
2: And that's, that's the thing. It's, if, if everybody just worked together for the good of the patient Our, I mean, there's, there's overlap, but there's things she's better at. And there's things I'm better at. And I mean, there's other chiropractors things that they can do that we can't do. I mean, it, it, it all fits into the model. It's just everybody competes.
1: Yeah, um, no, that's unfortunately the case. I know it, uh,
2: it really is. It's too bad. And that's, so that's something we've tried to really complement each other well with. Um, Erica being dual credential in both, she understands. I mean, it helps that she has that athletic training background. Um, but go, kind of going back to the administrative side of things is we've really tried to systematize some of our work. Um, to make it a little easier. I mean, obviously, the, the hope is to grow and scale, but her, she had some really cool evaluation. Um, I don't know. What's the word? Documentation-type stuff that, that worked really well to streamline things that I wasn't really aware of. And so we've implemented that. And then on my end, some of the, the functional movement stuff, mm-hmm. the, the biomechanical stuff, we've implemented that. And then we've, I mean, we take... Time weekly yeah. to go over that stuff and, and pick each other's brains and and all that. So I just think it's a shame there's so much competition out there because everybody can learn from everybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sure. So I guess that kind of segues into my next question here for you guys: Is what is it like working with your spouse every day? Um, how it does sucks. that kind of oh, man. <laughs> relationship work out?
3: She never picked as my business partner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, nah, it's brutal. Um, it's good. I'll be honest, it's, it's probably harder for her because my brain never stops. <laughs> it can be nine, ten o'clock at night and I'll have some idea and I wanna talk about it right away. But for her, she's able to distance herself a little bit better than I am <laughs> um, and, and, and turn it off where if I think of something, I gotta talk about it, I gotta write it down, I gotta, cause I'll forget about it. I'll either forget about it or I'll just keep harping on her until she just gets annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> and then, uh...
3: I think we complement each other pretty good. I mean, as you can tell, Trevor's, like, the big dreamer. Like, he <laughs> wants to do everything and anything he can, and, and they're all great. They're great dreams and, and great goals to have. And I'm like, okay, what, what are we going to do to reach that? Like, what are the actionable steps that we need to take? And, um, you know, that helps because, you know, I, I lay out a format, and then we attack it together. Um, but, you know, living together, we're, we're married, like – we have to, uh-huh. we, we have to have a cutoff point, you know? So at a certain time at night after dinner, you know, we're done talking about business stuff. Like let's just BS and, and not worry about that. But yeah, there's th- times we both get carried away because we want to pick each other's brains. But
2: yeah, I think one of the thing that works is setting down that time specifically every week. Yeah, She just- thinks it helps. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mind runs rampant, but, uh, yeah every every week we usually meet for at least an hour usually usually more usually more um that we set aside just for business talk and looking at the upcoming week i mean we we pump out a lot of uh content on our social media pages um so that is all talked about and planned and then we batch the content um in one one go around i mean usually takes multiple takes but (laughs) it's usually one go around but uh yeah, I think that's been the biggest, that was, that took a little getting used to was yeah, starting this business. There's definitely there a all. learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, it's been good. And I mean, like I said, or like we've said, it's just, if you take the opportunity to learn from each other, it's, I mean, I've learned a lot from, she's smart. I mean, she's smart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <is he. laughs>
2: so it, it, it works. It works well. And like yeah. I said, I just, maybe I got to learn how to turn it off a little bit better, but
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds, it, like a, me pretty
2: easily.
1: Uh, it sounds like a very successful dynamic and, you know, you guys are surviving COVID. So, you know, the oh, business man. has to be, you know, very, very good. So yeah, I guess, um, kind of last question here before we get into our AT chat five would be, do you have any advice to athletic trainers, even physical therapists that are kind of looking into making that jump into starting their own private practice?
2: Um, I think, like I said, it's a new avenue, and if you, there's some other athletic trainers out there that are doing it, um, that have been pretty successful, Mm -hmm. and I think um, if you have interest in it from an athletic training standpoint, you just got to go after it. Um, There's, I I have, I mean, I think we can talk about this, but I think you just got to do it. If you, especially if there's a certain niche you want to work with, like, the secondary setting is great. Maybe you have a certain sport or a certain—I mean, if you wanted to be gymnastics or anything like that, reach out to a gymnastics club or a dance club or a soccer club or something like that, and see how you can be a, of a benefit to them. Mm-hmm. Um, athletic trainers have such a unique skill set and are capable of so much that it's—they just get locked into that secondary setting or what they—that typical route. Um, So I think the best thing is if you have interest in it, reach out to somebody that's doing it or just jump in, jump in, learn about it and find, figure out what you want to do.
3: Yeah. I mean, number, number one thing, mentorship, absolutely. Find other people that are doing it, like Trevor was saying. Um, And uh, you know, learn from those people and then you can piggyback ideas off of those people and, and learn from them. But um, yeah, you just got to do, I mean, it started off as a side hustle for us and and now we just wanted to expand and grow it even more and make it, you know, there's a different different mindset when you have a side hustle versus an actual business, but you can absolutely start it off as a side hustle where if people are approaching you, hey, I'd like to work with you more on one on one, you know, then it could start there and, and grow.
2: Yeah. And I would say the only other thing for athletic trainers looking into it is think of physicians that... <laughs> Um would be open to signing off on your on your practice act or that you have good relationships with mm-hmm. um, and just build off of those because obviously legally we we need that still um and so that's that's going to be their biggest initial hurdle is finding that I think it takes some people I got lucky um, with how kind of it just kind of all came together at the beginning um but that's going to be the biggest initial hurdle I think and then just then just jump in it's mm-hmm. terrifying but
1: yeah. Well, that's great advice. I mean, it's, people got to hear that. So, yeah. Um, so I guess if you guys don't have anything else about um, kind of your private practice, we might jump into the AT chat questions. Cool.
2: Sure. That sounds good.
1: Okay. Uh, so the first one for you is where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years?
2: That's all you. You
3: got this.
2: That I, I have concerns to be honest. Um, you know, I think an athletic trainer is needed. I think, Like I was saying, a unique skill set. And I always thought that there would be a need for them. But if there's one thing COVID has shown me, it's that it's just places have gotten rid of their athletic trainers without thinking twice. Um, I mean, we know we have friends that are athletic trainers that lost their job within weeks of COVID. I mean, and there's there's been places that have eliminated their entire sports medicine department. Um, So I think... That's a, that's a big worry of mine is we're still not seen as essential or our, our benefit is still not seen by everybody. Um, So I worry about athletic training as a profession Um, in general, I still think there's, I mean, there's obviously a need and there's so much we can do in the next five to 10 years. I think we might see, there's obviously a huge turnover rate. There's huge burnout rate um, and salary is always a big a big talking point so I, I've seen it happening slowly I think um, physician extender roles are becoming more appealing to athletic trainers simply because of the Monday through Friday hours um, I actually have a friend who I used to work with um, at Concordia who is now kind of in that extender role and they're not happy with it just because they're doing more scribing um, so that again was just another point that I don't think athletic trainers are fully understood and, and what we can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But I think professionally, I think we might see an uptick in people trying to go private practice um, or open their own clinic simply because it allows them to dictate their own hours, to dictate what they do, what they don't do. Um, and then compensation is a big, a big factor in that as well. You get to set What you think you're worth? I mean, you get to set your costs, you get to do all that, and then in Wisconsin, we have the ability to submit for reimbursement. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) Um, huge. And I think that will change the field. That if that picks up, that's going to open up huge avenues for athletic trainers because we we kind of have a nice dynamic because she's a PT and she can write that referral and then we can submit to insurance. Um, But you know. I forget the exact amount of insurance companies that now um, see or will reimburse for athletic training, but it, it's pretty significant, at least in Wisconsin. Um, and I think, like I said, I think if that picks up, that is going to be a game changer um, in the athletic yeah, training profession. A lot more
3: in the clinic setting for sure.
2: Yep, it'll help the clinics. Um, but then again, I think that I think the private practices, we're going to see a, a huge uptick in that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Erica, do you have anything to add? I know that was a well-thought-out answer. Yeah, I know.
3: I completely agree with (laughs) everything he was saying, honestly. I I do agree that um, that ethic trainers are going to be needed a lot more in the clinic setting. And I'm starting to see a little bit of that now in um, the Green Bay area that um, they're not necessarily outsourced to uh, high school settings as much anymore, but used in the clinic for treatments it'd be nice to see them doing more evaluations and that sort of thing. That's, but right now it's, it's kind of a more of an aid type position, just helping with treatments and um, like Trevor saying, physician extenders as well.
2: And I think, I think that's also athletic trainers got to stick up for themselves a little bit. Um,
3: Prove what you got. Yeah.
2: That's yeah, the thing yeah. is you, you gotta, you got it. You're yeah. taught it. You know what you're doing. Um, it's a huge, huge skill set, And when I hear that athletic trainers are kind of, applying for rehab tech type jobs or aid Mm -hmm. jobs or scribe jobs. It's like, oh, you're worth so much more Mm -hmm. that I would hate to see the profession trend that way. Um, Where I'd like to see people kind of be like, yeah, I'm I'm capable of doing all this. So I'd love to see the trend go up towards more. All
3: in the mindset. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all great answer. Um, So our next one for you would be, what advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer
2: um you got anything that's oh, a man. that's a good one as a young trevor oh god
3: <laughs> <laughs> so many years ago <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't take things for granted um one of the biggest talking points that i wish i had taken advantage of earlier on in my career was always ask why um everything you do ask why it, it was knocked into my head in my undergrad we had a preceptor who i believe is still an at there always ask us why and it was the mercy it was it just annoyed the crap out of me at the time i mean i'm 20 years old being asked why all this stuff when i just wanted to be taught and that i think that goes back to the early mindset is like just teach me what i need to know so i can start my career, start my profession. And I think if you ask why of everything and start to understand the why's behind it all, it's going to propel you much quicker and make you a much better clinician. So if, if I could go back and shake my 20 year old self, I would say, listen to him telling you to ask why and actually take, take it to heart and, and attribute or put it towards what you're doing.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I th- I think that's huge. Is just figuring out you're, everything in school is just kind of like word bombing. You just like, try to take it all in as much as you can and as a sponge, but um, there's so much thrown at you just to, to pass a boards exam. And, you know, that's great. Do that, do all that setting and stuff on your own time. But then when you're at clinicals and you're talking to preceptors and or clinical instructors, you know, just pick their brain about anything and everything, certain cases and get so much more, you get so much more out of those hands on um, interactive experiences i I think from my standpoint anyways, then you do open up a textbook which is great you got to pass the board it's, it's wonderful, but um you know get get your answer and get in on a case and and get in with a patient um and don't just send back and let everything go around you you know um just be as interactive as you can with your learning
1: yeah well that's great advice um something that I've tried to definitely implement here in my graduate school, um, just asking why and really diving into those details. And um, hopefully, you know, it's gonna pay off one day, but uh, oh, yeah. it's just great to hear you guys emphasize that. So uh, our next question for you would be, what has been the most influential resource that you have found in your career so far?
0: Um,
2: influential resource. Well, mine was a colleague um, at Concordia. I'll, I'll give him a shout out, Dr. Dr. Darren Smith, <laughs> Dr. D. Uh, he was the most influential to help me realize that you need to get away from the, you out get out of the textbook, take everything you learn, um, be specific with it, and understand that there's so much more out there. Um, he kind of set me on my path for this, this way of using the body to kind of heal, to treat and heal itself, Um, and then he sent me to a lot of resources, I think, and I think the biggest one, um, also from a movement standpoint, I mean, Kelly Sturette, it was, is huge. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially with kind of the clientele we work with, um, all of his info and resources. But I think for me, probably those two, from a way I practice standpoint, those two people.
3: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I would say yeah other other mentors and resources not only in green bay area but like trevor was saying um from a movement standpoint um and people that have been doing this for years like mike reynolds is another good one um that we follow and um him quite a bit um a couple of professors that i've had in the past through ice physio they're uh uh, pts that push out content all the time and with continuing education try to be Kind of above the line and always progressive and changing the old school ways of thinking. So, and that's the thing is you always gotta. Medicine is always changing, and so you gotta push yourself outside your comfort zone and keep up with the times. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) Straight
2: up. (laughs) Straight up. Yeah, always be a learner. You never, you can never know enough. You always, it's always changing.
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, great resources there. I'm sure our viewers will definitely love the, the names and the, the shout out as well. So um, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> our Next one for you is if you could change or eliminate one thing, whether that be a modality, a mindset, maybe a common practice that people have uh, in the field of athletic training, what would that be?
2: Rest, yeah. eyes
1: compression, elevate.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the same <laughs> take, thing.
2: Take it out of textbooks. <laughs> take it off the websites. Take it off of everywhere.
3: Yeah. Um, oh man.
2: Yeah, that was a good timing. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> um, I yeah, that Bryce.
3: Awesome. Oh man, I can't tell you how many times we've had people like tell us they just stopped doing activities just completely because doctors are you know, other healthcare providers just said, just stop doing it and then you won't have your pain. Well, guess what? That usually doesn't work. (laughs) I don't think I've ever met a person that's worked for.
2: Yeah. So, and, and resting and hoping that that along with an ice pack will take care of all your problems. Yeah. (laughs) We we could we could, we could go on about that. Um, I hate that I still see that. I mean, I Just can't believe it. Again, that, that older way of thinking. And and like, if somebody's in a lot of pain, they want some numbness. I'm like, sure, throw a ice bag on, but don't, it ain't gonna do anything.
3: Not <laughs> gonna solve the actual problem.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I think. And yeah, yeah.
1: I'll stop. <laughs> I, I could keep I can, going. Uh, I can definitely see how your your spouse uh, business relationship is is working out with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause they're on the same page.
2: Yeah, that was okay. neat.
1: Cool. So, uh, our just our last question for you would be: What does that, What does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Oh,
2: that's a good one. Um, I mean, for me, it's it gives it provides me the tools to help people be active and healthy without pain. I mean, that's that's the biggest. I, I mean, if you ask me what is the greatest thing about what we're doing is, is we're helping people live and stay in the activities they want to be a part of and the activities they love, whether it's in the gym or walking or just, I mean, playing catch with some of their kids. I mean, with the skill set that we have as athletic trainers and the ability to either get them out of pain or help them stay in those activities longer and healthier. That's, what it's about. I mean, that is literally all that it's about is, is helping those people just stay healthy and stay active. I, I just, I don't know what else, there's nothing yeah, else I mean, to say about it. You know, it. It's a rewarding it profession
3: to be in. And when it comes down to it, we, there's some things we take for granted until we, it becomes painful to do. And then like we were talking about earlier, just stop doing it. So, yeah. you know, giving people, their lives back essentially you know they weren't able to you know sleep for a period of time or play on the ground with their grandkids again and then all of a sudden they're able to do that and and become you know themselves again essentially I mean that not only from a physical standpoint standpoint but mentally and emotionally too I mean it really is you know comprehensive approach that we're we have the tools that we're able to help people wholly like that
2: yeah and I think I mean, just going off that, I was with somebody tonight who's been dealing with some issues, and you know we were able to get rid of it and that look on their face like they're expecting it, but it's like, Wait, it was just there. where'd it go it's it's so satisfying it's so gratifying and and they thank us, but at the, I mean it's them they we put a lot of ownership on them, and mm-hmm. we're basically the guiding hand, and we have the tool set, so
3: that's
2: just I hope people don't take it take that for granted as athletic training that you have that capability.
3: Yeah. You can change people's lives. Yeah,
2: you really yeah.
1: can. I mean, that's a fantastic point and some great answers there. So um, I guess if you guys have anything else you want to share, uh, feel free. Otherwise we will uh, kind of link your website. And I know you guys have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter pages, I believe.
2: Um, Instagram and Facebook. I had to get rid of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twitter. Okay. I get uh, I had to yeah i just had to get rid of twitter for the time being um but yeah our facebook i believe is just at movement rehab so it's mvmt rehab and i think our instagram is mvmt so movement dot rehab yeah. i'm pretty sure it's yeah. got that dot in between
1: okay but, yep, just yeah we can, uh, we can link those below the below the video here but otherwise we at at chat want to thank you guys for the time and i uh, share our audience is gonna definitely enjoy hearing some of your points and stuff so
3: yeah thank you for having us Yeah. yeah thank you
2: very
1: much it was fun